Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. We're going to talk about directly elected mayors for Limerick in particular because the government is committed to passing legislation to allow for a directly elected mayor in Limerick with an election likely to be held next year. This is according to the local minister, uh, Peter Burke. And I'm joined in studio today by the head of community engagement, associate professor of politics at University of Limerick, uh, Dr. Maura Adshed. Maura, thanks for joining us here in the programme today. What would, yeah, what would a directly elected mayor of Limerick, what would it mean for Limerick? Well, it's interesting you should ask, because that's the question that we asked in our public consultation. So I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to give you the opinion of 927 Limerick people. Mm. And when we asked them the same question, and we didn't just ask them, why do you want a mayor? Because, of course, some of them might have said they didn't want one and some of them might not have voted. We asked Limerick people why they thought Limerick people voted for a directly elected mayor. And the overwhelming response was it was about political reform, it was about pro-democracy, and it was to increase accountability. And there was another big chunk of that, so over half of the responses, where people were looking for a change. And the people who were looking for a change, we kind of divided them into frustrated pessimists who said, well, I don't know if this will be any good, but, you know, Mm. we need to do something. And then maybe the optimistic innovators who said, change is good, we should do something new. So a massive rationale, over half of the responses were about reform, pro-democracy, accountability, a huge issue, and change. Part of my undergraduate degree is in social and public policy, and I mean, I've been looking and reading and researching the pros and cons of the directly elected mayor, and I'm hoping that... Any graduate should be. Excellent. Yeah, but (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not convinced. So can you help me understand the benefit of having a directly elected mayor? Well, first of all, you're not the only one who's not convinced because a good third of the people we spoke to, when we asked them what were the benefits, they said, well, I really don't know anything about this. And that's kind of, um, it's it's a little uh, red flag going up because if over 300 people are willing to come to a consultation, but then they all say, but I don't know anything about it. There's there's definitely a bit of repair work to do there in terms of what does government do, what might a mayor do? But to be honest, if you look at the original proposals for a directly elected mayor, even the government that proposed them wasn't quite clear what the impact of it might be, what the possible impact of it might be. It's very much an experimental foray into a more direct sort of democracy. Um, And a huge amount is going to depend on the relationship of this new directly elected mayor with the prior administration, because, of course, they're coming in, they're, 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 they're moving people over, they're displacing some of the responsibilities... So they're going to have to get on well with the existing administration. They're also going to have to get on well with the councillors because even though they're there directly elected, they still have to be approved, their policies by the councillors, and they're going to have to get on with the public. So, I mean, if nobody's interested or if nobody shows any enthusiasm, they'll be a bit like a, a dead man, a yeah. woman walking. But, but just by way of context, I mean, would this mean, if this comes to pass and, and, and the legislation is, is enacted for this um, early next year, could I run for it? Yes, so somebody from outside the county who's never spent more than 24 hours in Limerick can decide, do you know what? I thought you said you came last night. I came, well, well so <laughs> 36 hours then, last night, that I can decide, you know what, at a, at a junior minister's minister salary, this is a grand job, I'll head down to Limerick, I'll run for the, uh, the position, 
and I have loads of responsibility can make loads of change around Limerick and run for this gig. Well before I encourage you um, uh, the legislation hasn't been passed yet so they might come up with a special veto um, for that kind of yeah. thing. Um, but really yes the idea is that, um, that anyone can run but the, the practicalities of running are going to exclude a lot of people and also this is going to be quite a challenging job because although the directly elected mayor has the responsibility of a programme for local government it's a bit like the relationship between government and, and the doll. So they have the responsibility for a programme for government, but it has to be passed by the council. Um, and then they have the responsibilities for strategic development, for housing, for road safety, for environmental, for infrastructure. So you'd need to know what you're at. You'd need to know what you're at, but also you'd need to know what you're at because you don't get an independent budget. So... You could come in on your campaign and make all kinds of promises, but you've not got any more resources than they had before. Okay, Stay with us, Maura, because I want to bring in the Lord Mayor, the current Lord Mayor of Cork City Council. Um, Deirdre Ford is with us on the programme today. Now, Deirdre, this proposal was previously rejected in Cork. Would you like to see more places have the option of having a directly elected mayor? Well, the first thing I'd say is I wouldn't second-guess the people of Cork. They made their decision. And um, our focus in Cork now is responding to that decision and to, you know, utilise the resources we have as best we can and to spend the money that's promised by the government um, according to what the councillors lay out and what the government lay out. So I welcome the fact that uh, Limerick City are, you know, going to go ahead with this. I wish them all the luck in the world. Um, I, I think... We're all waiting to see the finer details. But in Cork, we have a special status for the Lord Mayor. And people really love the Lord Mayor. I mean, the office of the Lord Mayor is distinct from the incumbent that's there. And there's a special affection for it. So we have a status in Cork, existing status for the leader and the Lord Mayor. There's a very good relationship between the executive um, the Lord Mayor and the councillors. I think where matters could be improved is that we could have more autonomy. For instance, we have a 600 million bus connects program for Cork, and we have a 3.5 billion uh, Cork CMAT, uh, and that's a huge money that's coming. We have a Docklands delivery of 405 million. Now, this is as uh, under the existing system that we have in Cork. And we manage very well. But what people say to me is we need more autonomy because the decisions are made in Dublin and we would prefer to be able to make the decisions ourselves. You want more powers for the Lord Mayor, effectively. And and that's that's essentially, isn't it, more of what the uh, directly elected Mayor of Limerick would potentially have? Well, rather than more powers, I think they're going to have more responsibility and more accountability for what happens. Um, So... Whether that, I mean, a lot of people equate more power with more money. That's not going to be the case, but certainly more accountability. But we'll say, for instance, would this mean that if, if Deirdre, you know, Deirdre, if you became the directly elected mayor, we'll say down the line of Cork, would this mean that if you decided I want to, you know, uh, change how policing is enacted in, in certain areas or, you know, that the, the powers that might have been um, directed from the likes of HQ up in the Phoenix Park, like, would that mean that, that you would have autonomy over that down in Cork? Well, I think that, you know, the message that I'm getting is that we would prefer um, more autonomy, particularly in the areas you mentioned, um, and make our own decisions. Um, but, you know, the people of Cork made their decision about a directly elected mayor. 
in the future, there may be other decisions taken. But the system we have at the moment works very well because okay. there's only so much of the cake. And that cake now, uh, which we'll say was operated or eaten by uh, the councillors, the Lord Mayor and the Chief Executive on behalf of the people. I think that's the wrong analogy to use, actually. <laughs> um, but that cake now will be further divided, um, you know, with a directly elected mayor. And okay. that mayor will have, you know, more autonomy um, over the councillors. And how's that going to work? So what I'm basically saying, Andrea, is our system in Cork works very well. Yeah, so you think leave, leave, leave well enough, leave well enough alone. So, Deirdre, then let me bring in the former Lord Mayor of Dublin, Alison um, Gilliland, who's with us here in the show too. Alison, like from your recent experience um, in the mayoral chain, do you think that mayors need more powers or, or autonomy? Yeah, I think Maura put her finger on it there when she called a, uh, or indicated that under current legislation with regard to Limerick that. They, if there was a directly elected mayor, you're responsible for the programme of local government and you don't have an independent budget. Now, if you had more autonomy, and I agree with, with uh, Deirdre there, around autonomy, you, by having more autonomy, if you're still implementing the programme for, for local government, you're still hamstrung by decisions made at national level. And I think each region, uh, whether it be Dublin or Limerick or Cork, the city and the wider region, has a unique context. And I think we on the ground as local councillors, Lord Mayors, former Lord Mayors and Chairs, really should be able to, let's say, contextualise policy. Like, for example, in Dublin, we have a huge issue with upper floor vacancy. Now, it's much bigger in Dublin than it is around the country. The minister is very loath to bring in any sort of form of carrot and stick to resolve that, whereas in Dublin, that is something that we could do because it's something that really impacts our city and both can bring, I suppose, more people into living in the city and productive use of our buildings. So if we want political reform, as Maura said, that was one of the key issues that the people in Limerick want, we have to change the entire system to enable more autonomy, uh, whether that be decision-making over policy that may contradict national policy or go beyond national policy, but also around funding. Uh, like at the moment, it's our local property tax, commercial rates, grants, parking fines. But even with grants, we can't pool all the money we get and say, okay, okay we're going to focus on climate change as opposed to uh, uh, use the yeah. grants for this yeah. on something. So I think the entire structure has to okay. change and to strengthen local government. So you're not the first person to say the entire structure should change. Um, and it's a bit like the old cliche when you're asking for directions. If I was going to do that, I wouldn't start from here. Mm-hmm. And there's a real issue with how do, you, how do you turn a tank around? How do you make significant change? And I think what you're seeing in Limerick is that experimental first step, mm-hmm. incremental. And when people refer to autonomy, I mean, it is the case that any politician in any elected position is constrained by pre-existing policies, by other national policies, by European policies. You know, nobody has the freedom to do just what they want. And even if they've got a big budget, they're not going to have the freedom to do just what they want. But what you do see here and what the people of Limerick were really asking for is more accountability. So what you do have is the flexibility maybe to decide where you put your priorities 
where you put more of your investment. So within the constraints that you have, you can you can shift, if you like, the priorities and move at the margins. Okay. And also, you can explain why you did that. And that was a thing that people in Limerick were really concerned about. What's going on and, and how is it affecting you? Some of the, the text reaction to this from listeners tuned into us here today. Seamus has got in touch. He says, if every county had a directly elected mayor, more would be done for each of the areas. Somebody would actually be looking out for every county. Another listener, pointless position if they can't make a difference to decisions. This listener says, is there not enough power, people in power in this country already? We already have far too many top-heavy, too many chiefs. Says this texter, keep them coming into us, 53106. Do you have any concern, though, Maura, about a celebrity-style candidate? Like, is that not a... Well, you know, it's concern? funny, because when I was thinking about that, that would have been one of my answers. Yeah, you know, you need somebody who's got... When I say political acumen, I'm not necessarily talking about politician, but, you know, somebody who can bundle consensus, who can bring people together, who can move strategically... And I would have said, oh, the danger there is that you get a celebrity. But we're looking now at the president of the Ukraine, a celebrity, and he is doing more for politics and leadership. So maybe we need to actually open up our horizons about who the person who fits that role is, um, which wouldn't debar a celebrity, although that doesn't take away from the fact that it is going to be challenging. They're going to have to have a lot of experience and they're going to have to have those kind of management people consensus skills. Although when we ask the people of Limerick what kind of skills they should have, the overriding opinion was they need to be a good listener. Right. Well, maybe we'd hear from listeners today on that. I mean, what skills do you think the directly elected mayor of Limerick should potentially have? 53106 is the number. The government is apparently committed, according to the Minister Peter Burke Mora, to um, pass the legislation for this, an election, I think, is it likely to be held next year? Is it, I mean, given that this has been delayed now by about three years, is it sort of a slap in the face to the people of Limerick? Well, now, we have had a lot going on in the last few years. Um, uh, if we took it as yeah. a slap in the face, we might choose to, but I don't think so. Well, if it doesn't happen next year? Well, what we do know is that the, the next directly elected mayor is going to finish their term of office in 2029 mm. um, to, to, to coincide with the, with the scale of elections that we already have, with the cycle of elections. So perhaps that's why there isn't sort of a huge push on this, because we do have at least four years, five years of the term, um, uh, and we are going to get a five-year term if it starts next year or a four-year term. And perhaps, possibly, if everybody is being cautious and experimental, a foreshortened term might not be the worst thing just to settle into the role. 129,000 plus benefits? It's a grand gig. It is a grand gig, but, you know, democracy costs money. Um, uh, if you want people to be accountable, if you want them, if you want the roles and people... Then pay them properly. Pay them, yeah. All right. Deirdre Ford, Lord Mayor of Cork City Council, uh, the former Lord Mayor of Dublin, Alison Gilliland, and also Dr Maura Adshed as well from University of Limerick. Thank you so much for joining us here uh, on the programme today. 53106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us here on the News Talk text line. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.